necessarily represent those of WCBN as a whole or the licensees of this station, the Regents of the University of Michigan. Good evening. You're listening to Closets Are for Clothes. I'm David Christopher Meitzler. June is known as Pride Month. And most recently, and most locally, it was celebrated this past weekend in Michigan's capital city of Lansing with a march, a rally, a fair, and evening celebrations. For this edition of Closets Are for Clothes, we will be replaying the speeches from the rally. First up is Lansing's Mayor, Verge Bernero. Welcome to Lansing, your state capital. We, we get a lot of visitors here, but I don't think any that look quite so good as this, as you do. My, my congratulations to Michigan Pride and Michigan Equality for another successful event. How about a hand? And thank you for the hard work that you do day in and day out for the cause of human rights. On behalf of all Lansing residents, I welcome you to Lansing from the bottom of my heart. And those other folks, well, they're not going to get the key to the city. It's an honor to share the podium with such luminaries as Councilperson Kathy Dunbar, author of Lansing's Human Rights Ordinance. Thank you, Kathy, for standing strong. This is an election year for Kathy, and I hope you'll help her. She's got to run all across the whole city, and we need to make sure she's there fighting for what's right. I want to be completely honest with you because I believe I can. The Pride celebration always stirs bittersweet emotions in me. I'm overjoyed that the LGBT community can come together and march with pride, especially in the city of Lansing, which I'm honored to serve, where I'm honored to serve as mayor. It means a lot to me that you're here. It means a lot to me as an American. It means a lot to me uh, as a brother of, of uh, Victor Bernero. For my brother, my brother Victor and me, Victor's gayness was often a source of pain and shame. It didn't have to be that way. My parents accepted my brother for who he was. The rest of the world seemingly did not. And now as I approach, as we approach the 20th anniversary of his departure, from this earth, it's hard to believe that it was 20, almost 20 years ago. Uh, I, these days are bittersweet because I know Victor would love to have been here, and he would have been here uh, marching. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. It means a lot. In spite of the shabby 
and even cruel treatment that he received. And I remember many of those days he would come back in tears. Uh, sometimes, now we call them hate crimes. Back then, you know, it wasn't, we didn't politically, we didn't really have a label for it. It was just sick, cruel people. And sometimes it was violent. And I remember being so mad and wanting to go out and fight his battles for him. And I tried at school when we were young. But even when he was older, I wanted to go out and just beat somebody's face in because of what they did done to him. But he would even then say no, no. Even if he was covering cuts because uh, somebody threw an ashtray at him or something. Uh, and it was strictly because of who he was. It was strictly because of his gayness. That was the issue. Now we know it as a hate crime. And that's why I fought to expand a hate crime. That's why I fought here in the legislature. You know what, when I was a teenager, maybe I couldn't fight Victor's battle. But I'll be damned, I can fight him today. I can fight the battle today. He was, Victor was always full of positive energy and love for his family. Even when he faced hatred and rejection in the world, to his friends and family, he showered us with love. We knew, and even as he was dying of AIDS, now almost 20 years ago, and we have so much better medication and treatment, praise God, today, than what we had then, we have so much better understanding. You know, some of his friends and family wouldn't even have anything to do with them that back then, once they found out that he was sick. But I know the joy that it brought to him. My daughter, Kelly, She's on her way back from South Africa today, uh, having studied abroad. And I, we have pictures of her on his lap. I know what it meant to him, the joy that it brought to him in those final days. Uh, we stood by him, and we stand by you. We stand by all those victims of AIDS. Uh, we're going to find a cure. We're going to continue to work for more research for that terrible disease. And uh, we're going to give you uh, the love and the welcome that you all deserve. So I know we're going to get some good news here today. It's good news that we're all together in this great loving spirit. And uh, I want to say you have the key to the city and really you have the key to my heart. Welcome. God bless you. God love you. Lansing's Mayor Verge Bernero from the Pride Rally. Next is Drs. Penny Gardner and Julie Nemechek. Penny Gardner is a Lansing resident and professor at Michigan State University, community organizer for Coalition for Adoption Rights Equality, also known as CARE, and past program director for Michigan Equality. You can also find her on YouTube.com in a piece titled Coming Out Stories, Penny Gardner. Dr. Julie Nemechek is a co-director of Michigan Equality, and they are on the web at michiganequality.org. I have the distinct pleasure to introduce someone who is an inspiration to all of us here in the LGBTA community. She has been tirelessly fighting for equality for pretty much since the day she was born, and I'm not telling you when that was, because she'll hurt me. <laughs> but, I'm here to t introduce uh, Dr. Penny Gardner. Give it up. 
second parent adoption. And I'm gonna do it fast, short, and pretty damn sweet. Second parent adoption protects our children. It allows our children to have two legal parents. And both of those parents will have legal status so those children can get health benefits so that they can be taken care of and even if one of the partners is gone. So if the legal, par legal parent is gone, the second parent will have legal rights over the children. That's the protection that we all want for our children. And it makes it, it shouldn't make any difference whether we're married or not. Right now, the law says only married people can co-adopt. Guess what? We can't marry in this state. Our children then are not protected. Children who are not protected end up back in the system. Many ch it expands the uh, pool of adoptive parents if we can have all loving parents be able to be legal parents. They're loving parents already. Now, so what I want you to do, particularly for those who are out of town, <laughs> not from Lansing, because we have wonderful representation here in Lansing, find out who is your representative, particularly in the House of Representatives, tell them to vote yes on HB 4131 to protect our children. You are beautiful, and I'm in love with every one of you, and I do want to recruit you, honest to God, for all kinds of things. So, yay! Now, I'm supposed to introduce someone. <laughs> it's not always just about me. <laughs> so, I am pleased to introduce the Reverend Dr. Julie Nemechek, who's a co-director of Michigan Equality. And Michi I was the first paid employee of Michigan Equality a hundred years ago. So, welcome Dr. Julie. loves me and he loves you too. <laughs> Our mission statement says mission equality uses education, advocacy, and political power to achieve LGBT equality in Michigan. It's a nice sounding mission statement, soundbite kind of thing, but I'm going to tell you what we're really doing. First, we listen. In traveling all across the state, including the Upper Peninsula, Michelle and I have heard from LGBT leaders and followers, young and old, newly out, and those out before Stonewall. <laughs> we listened, we heard, and what we, we are working on what we heard about from you. 
Yes, we're working on HIV AIDS prevention and care and health care issues because there's still real issues. And we're also including trans health care in that initiative. We are working hard to make Michigan's civil rights law more inclusive. We are actively supporting second parent adoption and hate crimes bills that are in our legislators now. Now, occasionally I open my mouth and get in trouble because I tell you what I'm thinking. <laughs> I get in trouble because not every LGBT group is thinking the same way and some think we should all think and speak alike. I'm probably already in trouble again, so let me talk about two things that have caused some controversy. The first is safe schools legislation, sometimes called anti-bullying bills. The position I have given is the position of Michigan equality. We will not speak against any safe schools bill because we think safe schools bills are a good thing. That said, we will only support safe schools bills that specifically include us, our LGBT kids in school. Based on our research, only bills that include the identification of those most likely to get bullied, including LGBT kids, only these bills have proven effective in changing schools and making our kids safer. Simply put, that is why we only support bills that specify our inclusion. If other organizations want to push bills that don't include us, that's their prerogative. The other area that I get in some hot water for was suggesting that marriage equality could come to Michigan as soon as 2012. That is not yet Michigan equality's official position, just my opinion. We don't have any secret plan, just a lot of hope and confidence. I haven't backed down on that statement, and here's why. First, we are riding a huge tsunami wave of change. Michigan equality, marriage equality is happening all around us. In one week this spring, we doubled the number of states recognizing the rights of gays and le lesbians to marry. I believe we can help keep that momentum going and bring that momentum to Michigan. Secondly, there is data to support my madness. Uh, a recent poll published in the, in the Detroit Free Press showed overwhelmingly positive change in the attitudes of Michigan voters towards gays. Should the trend line continue by 2012, the support for marriage equality in Michigan will even be overwhelming in the most conservative of our communities. That gives me optimism and hope. Thirdly, even a very vocal foe of marriage equality in Michigan has said it could happen as early as 2012. Unfortunately, in that process, he called me delusional and refused to recognize my gender or my legal name. That brings me to my fourth reason. When you know you can't win the political battle on the merits of your argument, you start calling your opponent's names. 
That is where our opposition is. That's what they're down to. Illogical, nonsensical gutter talk. They know their lies are no longer flying, so they are trying name-calling. But my final reason is perhaps the most compelling. I believe in you. Make no mistake, a 2012 victory will require a lot of work and a lot of money. I think you are ready for both and willing to make that happen. But maybe I'm wrong. So let's take a poll. During the last presidential election, one candidate and his followers were fond of saying, yes, we can. When I ask in a few minutes, can, I, can we do it, and I'll be asking about marriage equality by 2012, you can either answer, yes, we can, if you believe it's possible, or no, we can't, it's not, not possible. Are you ready? Can we do it? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Can we do it? That's what I thought. Doctors Penny Gardner and Julie Nemechek from the Michigan Equality. Next, Alma Wheeler-Smith was a state senator from 1994 to 2002, and she is now in the Michigan House of Representatives. It's my pleasure to introduce our uh, next speaker, one of our closest allies in the legislature here in Michigan, Representative Alma Wheeler-Smith. Hello. The first thing I'm going to do when I return on Monday is requisition the Capitol for a shorter podium. (laughs) And a ramp. All right. Okay. It will be on the agenda. It's great to see you here, and I see that you believe, as my children have taught me to believe, on days that threaten rain, I am not sugar and I will not melt. It's great to see such a huge turnout. You should be very proud of yourselves, as one of your colleagues was saying. I only expected 10 people to show up with a threat of rain, but they don't understand you. You have a cause, you have a mission, and we know how to rally. This country is um, rather amazing because over the last few weeks, we have seen a sea change in attitude on the issue of marriage. We doubled the number of states in two weeks that supported gay marriage. The states giving full state marriage rights to same-sex couples joined Massachusetts and Connecticut, and they were Iowa and then Vermont. The District of Columbia City Council recently voted to recognize same-sex marriages conducted in other states, and Michigan lags behind. In separate, strongly worded orders, two judges of the Federal Appeals Court in California, a libertarian and a liberal, 
said that employees of their courts were entitled to health benefits for their same-sex partners under a program that ensures millions of federal workers. One of the judges stated that a bare desire to harm a politically unpopular group cannot provide a rational basis for governmental discrimination. In Michigan, as was mentioned earlier, a recent survey shows that the rights of the citizens, uh, the Michigan citizens are recognizing the rights of gays in the state, and that opinion evolves dramatically over the last five years. From a time in 2004 when the voters of Michigan passed a ban on same-sex marriage to today when the polls suggest that 50% of the, the electorate would indeed overturn that decision. We are making progress. You are winning support. And as you work in your communities, on your job sites, in your neighborhoods, and in your universities and schools, Everyone is beginning to understand that equality belongs to every citizen of the state of Michigan. I was in the Senate when we passed the legislative ban on gay marriage, and I was the only no vote against that legislation. It The 2004 amendment was devastating. And I think one of the new arguments we're going to have to use on why we need to move faster than maybe 2012 <laughs> is because this is an economic development issue. We have to have cutting edge businesses here in the state of Michigan and in order to attract those businesses, we have to be able to say to the employers that their employees, regardless of race, gender, sexual orientation, or age, uh, will, be, will be accorded the same rights as any other Michigan resident or citizen. <laughs> businesses in the state have to stop their silence. And when you go to work, you need to encourage your employers to step up and stand out. Because without this change in policy, Michigan isn't just perceived as not inclusive and not welcoming, it is not inclusive and it is unwelcoming. And until we turn this attitude around, Michigan cannot be as successful as we would be we cannot compete with the Iowas and Massachusetts and Connecticut's and Vermonts. We cannot compete with California that's so undecided about what it's doing on this issue, but still has employers and some cities that stand up and say, we're standing for the rights of everybody in our state. We don't even have the courage to do that. And we have to work to overturn the constitutional ban the first piece of voter-enacted discrimination in the state of Michigan, we have to overturn that ban. Now, one of my colleagues I heard on public radio today, Representative Pam Burns, has said that she is introducing legislation to do that, um, or a resolution to do that. She should be applauded. This. 
This is an extraordinary challenge she has taken on, and I'm interested in seeing the strategy that is going to be used to get past the Michigan legislature. Um, but I will be working with her. You will be working with her. And more power to us if we get it done. The 2004 amendment passed a very dangerous precedent that cannot be allowed to stand. And it is, with all of our good intentions, not enough that we talk about it. We have to act. If it takes a petition drive, then we have to be ready to go out and get signatures. If it takes raising money to educate on the ballot issue, we have to be willing to do that. If it takes talking to every individual member of the legislature for, legislature for whom you vote, you must do that. It is not an easy issue, nor is the issue of second parent adoption. However, on that issue, we have a number of early adoptees who are reaching into their teen years and they stand as an example of what every parent wants their child to be. A healthy, wholesome, bright individual who understands compassion for their fellow man, the need for social justice in their communities, and they have an ability to advocate and they do eat their vegetables. The issues that face the gay, lesbian, transgender, and um, bisexual communities are very difficult. They don't have to be. What we need to do is continue what you have been doing in your own quiet ways in your neighborhood by living good lives, by working in your schools and in your communities and participating with your fellow citizens. And that is setting a great example that there is no difference between what you want for your children and your communities than what they do. That you are not... that you are not a strange breed of individuals who don't understand that freedom, democracy, the ability to choose your workplace, your home place, your uh, education, your place of education, is any less important than theirs. So keep up that quiet effort that you do every day and remember that it's going to take a vocal effort of the same spectrum and volume that you have here to move other people to do what is right, what is just, and what has to be done. That Michigan citizens today are more liberal than they were in 2004 should be no surprise. We've had a sea change on the national level. A total frustration with bigotry, an absolute desire to end the division that has been created over issues that have been used as wedge issues to divide communities. There is a knowledge within the population of the citizens of Michigan and the United States that if we can't work together, we will allow someone else to divide and destroy us. So you're at the cutting edge. You have a lot of people who want to work with you, 
a lot of groups that share your desires for equality throughout the country and particularly here in Michigan. And we will work to bring them all together to make sure that everyone who addresses issues that affect your community are speaking with a single voice about equal opportunity and equal protection under the law. Representative Rebecca Warren and I arm wrestled to a coin toss over who was going to introduce second parent adoption and I won. <laughs> Not the arm wrestle, we had to resort to the coin toss. <laughs> but she is my lead on the Judiciary Committee. And we have great confidence and great thanks to Representative Mark Meadows for moving that bill out of the Judiciary Committee and onto the floor of the Michigan House. Now our job is to move it to the agenda of the Michigan House so that we can actually take a vote on that bill and show the citizens of the state that at least one chamber has the courage to act for equal justice and equal rights. Your day here today is the beginning of a celebration that I am happy to join you in. This is a, a group, these are groups, and I thank Michigan Equality and the um, caucus for, for having me. These are groups that I've been proud to stand with and work for for a long time. I am running for governor of the state of Michigan, and I certainly... Representative Alma Wheeler-Smith speaking at the Pride Rally this past Saturday in Lansing. You're listening to Closets Are for Clothes. I'm David Christopher Meitzler. Hi, this is Maggie Estep, and I'm doing a legal station ID. I'm not sure what's legal about it, but so here it goes. You're listening to um, WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, legally. normal girl. I'm an angry, sweaty girl, so bite me. Oh, but I think that's supposed to be a good specialty, so I should be happy, right? I should count my blessings. Anyway, the point of all this is you're listening to WCDN, okay? You're listening to the Gay Radio Collective on 88.3 WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Write us at closets at gayradiocollective.org. You can also find archive shows on our website or the weekly broadcast on iTunes. Next, Pam Burns. She is now serving in her third term in the Michigan House of Representatives and this year was elected to the position of Speaker Pro Tempore for the House. Well, I'm going to tell you one of the things that you have heard all along, we know. We're preaching to the choir here, right? We all know what we want. But one of the things that we have seen that what we need is to bring in our allies, to ask our friends and families to be out. I am proud to, represent, to introduce to you now someone who we need to be proud of, someone who has taken that moment and thrown that gauntlet out there, someone outside of our community, but an ally and member of our community. Because we can all talk, but many people to take it and put it on the line to say, this is who we are, and this 
is what we're about. In girl power terms, has Moxie. I want to introduce you to someone who put it on the line who knows that what she said might not be popular, that she knows that her people are going to rise up against her and say, girl, you must be kidding, but has believes it in her core, who has been one of our allies, one of our supporters, one of our friends, and who has said it on NPR, in the Chicago Tribune, and right here in Michigan. I am pleased to introduce to you right now our friend, our ally, our sister, Representative Pam Burns. Michelle, thank you so much, so much. And good afternoon, everybody. It is certainly a pleasure to be here with you. And what a wonderful turnout. Despite the rain, you're here. This is wonderful. And it's so good to join you today. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I am uh, Pam Burns. I'm a state representative from parts of Washtenaw County and parts of Ann Arbor. And I am the Speaker Pro Tem in the Michigan House of Representatives. I want to thank Michigan Pride for giving me the opportunity today to announce that I will be introducing a resolution that will repeal Article 1, Section 25 of the Michigan Constitution, which bans same-sex marriage. The resolution will also provide for recognition of marriages between same-sex couples. You know, for too many years, same-sex couples have been denied the basic human rights that married couples have enjoyed for centuries. The General Accounting Office of the federal government has documented over 1,000 benefits and privileges derived from marriage. These are privileges that married couples enjoy, all of which are denied to same-sex couples. Committed same-sex couples continue to pay higher taxes because they don't qualify for the marriage exemption in our tax codes. Hospitals across the country allow only immediate families to visit patients, which prevents same-sex partners from visiting their loved ones at some of their most vulnerable moments. Married couples can receive Social Security benefits that were owed to their spouses upon their death. Despite paying Social Security taxes, same-sex partners never receive their partner's benefits, resulting in a net loss of over $5,000 upon the death of their partner. Gay and lesbian workers are denied the right to family medical leave that is legally afforded to their heterosexual couples. Same-sex couples are denied the right to live together in nursing homes, taking away what should be their golden years. Michigan's current constitutional ban has only made things worse. Michigan will recognize only the union of a man and a woman for any purpose. Under our law, no, no. <laughs> Under our law, public employers cannot afford, cannot offer same-sex partner benefits. And I just want to share with you a personal note. Uh, my brother-in-law 
was unable to get the health care benefits of his partner. And he suffered from diabetes and complications from diabetes. And he died without having that proper health care because he was denied those health care benefits. So it's something that is very near and dear to my heart. In our state, we won't recognize the marriages performed in six other states, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Iowa, Maine, Vermont, and New Hampshire. We're witnessing a dramatic sea change in the public opinion as states like Rhode Island, New York, Washington, D.C., New Jersey, Oregon, Washington, and California are all recognizing some degree of protection for same-sex couples. And Representative Smith certainly itemized a lot of those issues that we need to be dealing with, and the attitude is changing. The polls are changing. It is time to bring this matter before the Michigan voters again. Now, you and I all know this is not going to be easy. It's going to be a fight. But I'm willing to take on that fight for you and with you. And I look forward to Representative Smith co-sponsoring my legislation and working with me to get this through the legislature. And with your help and with your lobbying, we can get this done. It is time to bring this matter before the people again. Thank you all very much. Appreciate it. That was Representative Pam Burns on the Lansing Capitol steps for the Pride Rally. Next is Michelle Brown from Michigan Equality and also Todd Haywood. Haywood has done reporting for Between the Lines and the Michigan Messenger. In advisory, some of the language used might be considered strong. It is fabulous to see you. Fabulous. Every year they say, do we need a Pride? Well, are there people here for a Pride? And every year you come. We are living in some extraordinary times, aren't we? Times where we have taken amazing strides towards equality that just a few years ago people said would not happen. I'm talking about Iowa. I mean, I mean every morning I wake up and then I go, Iowa? <laughs> But I got friends from Iowa, and they said I can be an adopted Iowan. So uh, we see equality. I mean, the East Coast, you had Massachusetts, which led the way. You've got Vermont. You've got New Hampshire. You've got Connecticut. It's marching down the East Coast. D.C. is going to recognize it and then go on to try to put on their ballot to recognize marriage equality in Washington, D.C. And I heard a minister from there going, you know what, I'm against it. He said, because you know, they keep saying it's not going to change and affect our families. He said, but you know what, they have that gay lifestyle. They're happy. (laughs) It's going to affect our families. Well, you know what, I hope it does. You know, we have watched since that dark day here in Michigan when they wrote discrimination into our Constitution. We have watched across the country the arc of the moral universe bend towards justice and equality. 
it hasn't got here yet, but we've seen it happening. We've seen it voices. We see people changing. We see opinions changing. We see it from the State House to the White House. We have seen one of our own step forward and boldly put it on the line and say, it's time for it to happen in Michigan. It's the best of times. It's our age of wisdom, our time of belief, our season of spring and hope. But with the best comes the darkness. And we can't forget that. We can't sit back and get all enthusiastic about this and sit on our laurels and say we don't have to do anything. Because I've got two words to remind you. Prop 8. We can't sit back on our laurels and be happy and say we're not going to do it because you know what? It's our job. We can't sit back and be sad about Prop 8. We have to be mad about Prop 8. We can't sit back and say, okay, in Iowa, but not in Michigan. We have to say, why not in Michigan? We have to say, yes, in Michigan. And you know, and we celebrated the election of a president who I think said gay more than any president in the history of the United States. He talked about our rights. He said that we were a part of it. He said we should be included and our rights should be respected. And we're happy, but you know what? We can't give him a free pass because guess what? We still have LGBT Americans who have to serve under the threat of don't ask, don't tell. That's right. The Justice Department under the Obama administration defended Defense of Marriage Act. We have to hold him accountable because we got him there and we have to say, we believe it. You declared June Pride Month. I'm looking up there. I don't see a rainbow flag. I don't see people marching in the streets saying that this is Pride Month, this is American tradition, this is celebrating and recognizing our best, our brightest, our members who have, have and continue to contribute to the strength of the fabric of America. I don't see people walking down the street singing our country tis of the sweet land of equality of the I sing. I see a proclamation. I see us here. I see Grand Valley State putting on a thing in opposition to a group of hatred that want to say we don't exist. We have no right to exist. I say we have some time to do. But this is our month. And I have this wild, crazy vision that one day from sea to shining sea, on one Sunday in June, in every state capital, there will be a rainbow flag raised. We will march down the streets singing that this is our country sweet land of equality, and we will sing about it. Until then, and you know they often equate 
our struggle to the struggle of the African American community. And you know what? Because it's a struggle against discrimination, it's a struggle against hatred. And what I say to you, not only standing here as a woman, who at one point they said, I could not vote, I could not talk, I've got that right. As an African American, that I am here, but I come to you and say, as you leave, let this be your anthem. Lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring. Ring with the harmonies of equality. We must speak up. We must lift our voices. We must not sit idly by. We cannot just celebrate. We have to recognize, we have to take responsibilities for our communities, the good and the bad. So that at one point, equality will resound across this country. You know, we've been really happy here all day and we've talked about pride and we've celebrated and I think that we're all very up. But you know what, there's things that we do have to recognize and understand that our families are still under attack. That we don't have health care benefits. That we can get fired just for being who we are. But there's another dark thing and a stigma that we don't want to talk about and we don't, but we need to talk about not only because it continues to affect our community. But in the state of Michigan, young people between the ages of 13 and 21 are at risk. They are suffering an epidemic. We are losing a generation to HIV and AIDS. And as we stand here and are proud we have a responsibility to those children, to our community so that when we have equality, we're all there. With that, I'm going to bring to you someone who wants to talk about a very difficult subject, but something that we need to be mindful of, we need to be aware of, we need to say that it's not just a scourge of our community, but it is a scourge of the American community, a scourge of a global community, and it's about time we talk about it, do something about it, and change the world. With that, I bring you Todd Haywood. Hi there, my name is Todd Haywood. You may remember me as a reporter for Between the Lines of the Michigan Messenger, but I'm here today to talk about something that's much darker and much more frightening, and that is the HIV epidemic that continues to attack our community in this state. This is a very uncomfortable topic for all of us, myself included. I am HIV positive. I am one of the few in this state of 18,000 who's willing to be out and open about it. That has to change. The silence around HIV is a result of our own gulag of silence that we as a community have created. For those of you who don't know what a gulag is, 
Let me be clear. It was a repressive form of government used by the Soviet Union to lock up anybody who did not agree with their political policies. We in the gay community say to people who are HIV positive, oh, I'm sorry, I won't date you because you're HIV positive. We say to people who are honest about their HIV status, leave me alone, I don't want to talk to you, I don't want to know about it, I don't want to see it. That is creating a gulag where we are saying to each other, lie to me about your HIV status so that I can get infected. It has to stop. For those of us who are HIV positive, we help the gulag. We are our own oppressors. We have to stand up and admit that we are HIV positive each and every time we meet somebody. We have to be honest if we expect honesty in return. It's that simple. And if we're not, we're killing ourselves and our brothers and our sisters. It's time to end the silence. There's an interesting statistic out of Detroit that stunned me, and that was there are many zip codes that have three and four and five percent HIV prevalency rates. There's one zip code that has a six percent prevalency rate of HIV. That's on par with Uganda. This is the result of our organizations, our LBGT organizations, who in the mid-90s saw the advent of the cocktails and said, hey, it's not our problem anymore. We forgot that HIV is still preying on us. And it was easy to forget, and I'm one of those people who forgot, that this disease follows the easiest route, and in this case, it was to people of color, and it was to the poor. Right now, there is an epidemic raging in this state and in this country that is attacking our brothers and sisters in the African-American community. And as a gay community, we have a responsibility to stand up and say, we will not allow what happened in the 80s and 90s to happen again. So please, please stand with me in fighting for our community, not just the LBGT community, but all of us. And last but not least, it is important that we talk about barebacking. It's easy to say that barebacking is bad and horrible and evil, and as I saw a t-shirt last night, it's so 1995. Well, you know what? That's not addressing the reality. People are barebacking. Our prevention strategies have got to start talking about the reality that HIV is here and that people are still taking risks. If you want to bareback, fine but you need to start demanding extra stuff. There are studies that show that PEP, which is post-exposure prophylaxis, is 100% effective in preventing infection with, if administered within 72 hours. We aren't using it as a prevention method. They're using it in hospitals, though. We also know that there are studies that are showing that pre-exposure prophylaxis may be effective. Those are the use of the anti-HIV antiviral medications to prevent the infections. We must demand access to those medications as part of a prevention strategy. It is time. We must address this as a real issue and not be silent anymore. So please, please, from now on, treat each other with compassion. 
treat each other with honesty and talk about HIV. Demand it of your community, demand it of yourself, and most importantly, demand it of our country and our government. Thank you. Michelle Brown and Todd Haywood speaking at the uh, rally. By the way, Michelle Brown, besides being associated with Michigan Equality, she is also an artist, an activist, and an author. She's an author of the children's book, Jack with the Curly Tail. She works for youth empowerment and provides support for teen mothers, homeless women with children, and women recovering from the ravages of drug addiction. Well, the last event of the Pride Rally was a commitment ceremony officiated by Reverend Julie Nemechek from Michigan Equality and Reverend Kent Lederer. Lederer is from the Church Unity of Greater Lansing. I'm going to ask Kent Lederer from the Unity Church of Michigan Church to join me and all the couples that are here for the commitment ceremony to come onto the steps and right into the front. Join hands, be there, and the rest of you stay and witness and celebrate with us this commitment ceremony. Go ahead. I want to thank all of you for staying, those of you who have. And I want to acknowledge that God loves you. As a gay Christian minister, you need to hear that. I think too often we do not realize, and I wanted to speak to our Christian friends across the street and they've left. But here's what I would have said to them had they stayed. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. He made no distinction. He made no qualification. And I invite our Christian friends to go back and read their Bible because nowhere in the first four Gospels does Jesus speak to anything about any group of people. In fact, my favorite words of his are, neither do I condemn thee. That's the nature of Jesus. And I hope our Christian friends and those of you who hold that faith Realize that for yourselves, because it is the truth. It's what allows me to be a Christian minister. It's what allows Julie to minister. And Julie is joining me today in performing this commitment ceremony. Uh, Christian here has cards for those of you who didn't fill out one before you came today, and he'll be glad to take your card and have it filled out. We'll have a certificate made and mail it to you in the mail. For those of you who pre-registered, You'll find the card. Uh, we already have the ceremony. I mean, the certificates for you. And so I invite you to come up. Who can I get to do this? Who can help me? Okay, they're in, they're in alphabetical order. And come up afterwards, and uh, she'll have your certificate for you. Right here in the green. Right here. Okay. So what I'm going to ask you to do is to have the couple spread out a little bit so you have room uh, between you down the steps into the front of the steps there and face your partner okay face your partners please and we'll begin let me also say this this to me is the most important part of this rally I know others may disagree but I feel it's very important because in doing this we are affirming in action what we believe gay marriage we're not talking about it we're not more rhetoric about it or waiting for it we are doing it people so we are giving you our spiritual blessing today and let's begin we're in now in the presence of pure being and immersed in the holy spirit of life love and wisdom divine love flows through all of us as we come here together in this place today to bless and celebrating 
the joining of these persons in holy union. To those of you in attendance today, true commitment is more than the joining of two, two people. In its right relationship, and in its uniting of two souls who are already attuned to each other. Today we come together to bear witness of the entry into a closer relationship of these loved and special friends standing before us. To each couple who stands before us, the two of you are entering upon an act of pure faith in which you give of yourself to the utmost, in which you may lose the only self you've ever known for the one that is to be when you've called it forth through the thousand thoughts and words and acts of love that your commitment means. Never forget or deny the vision that you now see. Absolutely resolve that it never be blurred by the commonplace experience of life. Be unmoved in your devotion to each other. Always remain confident and hopeful and grasp firm the love that you now share. Please turn and face your partner if you haven't already and now affirm your intent. Do you take the person beside you as your life partner to love them, to encourage them, and to inspire them to their highest good in all times? The answer is I do. And if you have rings, please bring them forward. If you don't have rings, then just repeat the vows as you hear it. These rings represent the endless spiritual love that will link the two of you together, spirit to spirit and soul to soul. They represent in their circle your unity and your oneness. Let them always be a reminder of your commitment made this day to one another. Place the ring on your partner's hand and then in unison together, look at your partner and repeat after me. With my soul, I will honor, uplift, support, and encourage and love you with all my heart and with all my mind. To our Heavenly Father today, we say thank you. Thank you for your presence here and your continued blessing on each couple. To each one of you, I speak this blessing. The light of God surrounds you. The love of God enfolds you. The power of God protects you. The presence of God watches over you wherever you are. In this moment and in every moment, God is, and there is only love. And so, in conformity with your mutual declarations made this day, in front of these friends, family, and God, I now recognize and acknowledge your holy union, and I pronounce you life partners. Congratulations. You may kiss. <laughs> you may kiss. The commitment ceremony from the uh, most recent Pride March in Lansing, Michigan. Hey, something coming up this uh, coming weekend, Saturday, June 20th, Treetown Pride. It's uh, outdoor grill and outdoor bar at 5 p.m. in uh, Braun Court uh, at the Out Bar. State Representative Pam Burns will be speaking at 6.45. The Out Loud Chorus at 7 o'clock. 
tables of uh, various groups and organizations from 7 to 10, 9 p.m., Tracy Mack and special guest Elisa Jones, and then 11 p.m., DJ uh, Jenks will be performing. So um, check that out. That is uh, this coming Saturday, June 20th at 5 p.m. Well, special thanks to Michigan Equality, Dr. Julie Nemechek, Michelle Brown, Mayor Verge Benero, Reverend Lederer, and uh, Representative Alma Wheeler-Smith, Representative Pam Burns, and Todd Haywood. The Great Lakes Pride Band was providing music during the rally. Their website is at greatlakesprideband.org. You're listening to the Gay Radio Collective. Arbor, Michigan. Well, the only hope here is WCBN-FM. If you're ever stuck in Ann Arbor, stick around with WCBN-FM, Ann Arbor. (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. Right on. Oh, 